Pickaxe. I can't do it. No. Oh. That's the one. Hey, boys and girls. Hey, paisanos. Welcome to the Video Game Movie Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Evans from Impala Films, and joining me today is Rory Frederick Jocelyn. (laughs) Jumpman. From Cyberpunk Studios. That's right, we switched it up on you this time. We got one of those reverse Uno cards. We didn't even discuss Um, this, so now I'm I'm lost. (laughs) And uh, in case you couldn't guess from our magical choir singing provided by Mr. Jocelyn, uh, today we're covering... A property from the hey from the Halo franchise. Are we? Hello. I was doing the Mario theme. But up bum but um bum swing <laughs> your arms from, from side to side. side. <laughs> we'll never get over that. That's that's the definitive Mario theme forever. Um yes, we're doing Halo Legends, uh which apparently is legendary, uh from Halo. So to start off, we will read the blurb in a minute, but I just want to explain what this series is. Weirdly enough, the only other thing I can think of that's kind of similar to this is also an out-of-date reference now, which is the Animatrix, which was a a Blu-ray or DVD series that you could get, which had essentially six to eight stories by different animation houses uh, that told different and unique or sometimes additive stories to the Matrix universe. Well, this does the same thing for Halo. There's eight, uh, sorry, seven different stories. There's eight technically but one two of them are a two-parter um and each one deals with something different not all of them are canon some of them are written to be specifically non-canon uh some of them are supposed to be canon some of them probably aren't canon anymore even if they were at the time uh but they're just basically other stories injected in by different creatives Mm. to try and uh bolster the series the uh to be fair the halo legacy series that we see on here it was originally designed for streaming uh, for YouTube uh, back in 2007, Seven? I think. it's Yeah, it's definitely... It, it, so it's, in terms of Halo timeline, that's just after no, 3's two, come out, is sorry, it? Sorry, 2010. 2010, oh. Yeah. So by this point, we would have had 3, we would have had ODST. I think we might have had Halo we, Anniversary as so well. I know this will date it uh, a little bit more, certainly for Halo fans. Uh, so Halo was created by Bungie. Mm-hmm. Then after they made, they ended up with an agreement with Microsoft that they would make Halo 3, ODST, and Reach. And after that three-game deal was done, they'd re-owned themselves and Microsoft moved it on to 343 Industries. Mm. This box for Halo Legends, which is contemporary for the era, was released in 2010, has 343 Industries written on it. So obviously this was at the... The, 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 I'm guessing this was at the switch point from this when... This is it, after Bungie had gone. Well, or at... Bungie went on to do Destiny, didn't they? Yes, they did. Great choice. Have 343 done anything except Halo? No, no, they're designed only to do Halo. It's taking them a long fucking time between games then, isn't it? Well, Microsoft clearly have the money. Like, clearly not working hard enough. <laughs> I don't know about that, but anyway, that's a, that's a completely different subject. Uh, yeah, so Halo obviously has quite a big fan base. It's always quite popular... Online, there is obviously an upcoming Halo TV series. I actually which, think, yeah. from what I've heard, I think the new Halo is not doing very well. No, it's not, no. People are kind of a bit miffed at a lot of aspects of it. Number one, 
that you have to basically everything is in-game DLC. You have to buy all of your upgrades, and the grind in the multiplayer to unlock certain things is horrendous. Um, gamers are not particularly happy with that. Apparently, though, the engine is solid, so three four three Industries gets a, a big plus there for having actually um, done a good job building the game. They just then nerfed it on the mm. storefront. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I've not played it, so I'm not going to make any judgments of my own. Uh, I, I've kind of fallen a bit out of love with Halo, to be honest. The last game I bought was Halo 4, and there's at least Halo 5 since then. Um, but the initial Halo games were, I thought, good for the time. I certainly enjoyed playing them. Uh, I, I, I played Halo, uh, not on launch, but probably about a year later of its launch. Enjoyed the four-way multiplayer on that. Um, I never thought it was a particularly deep game. Uh, for, in America, Halo is sort of classified as this deep, amazing, because it, it's a big space opera. It's really deep. It's really about all these really strong themes. Is it? And, Do people um, consider it deep? People people seem to think there's a lot behind it. Right. Um, I've never really felt it was that deep. Um, but it, it, certainly there, are, it, its fan base are very... like it, Unlike something like, say, Sonic, where... They're not, and they're under no illusion. You know, they might love the game. They may be, maybe even toxically pro the game to some degree. But no one in that fan base really is going to argue that it's the deepest, most philosophical game series no. uh, ever made. But people kind of do argue that for Halo. Um, but I think it's an in- what Halo does well in order to culminate that. I think is they do well with absence. Uh, so a lot of their worlds, there's the absence of direct storytelling. Mm. There, but there is visual storytelling of things lying around and th- like battles you haven't seen that you just see the aftermath of and stuff like that. And I think that element of visual storytelling is like um, it's basically like a teaser. It's a sprinkling of a story you haven't seen but you just missed, and people want to go and find out more. And that gives them the impression that there's a lot more depth to what's going on in the universe uh, of Halo than there probably actually is. Um, but I have to say they play it well. Uh, You know, there is a big fan base looking for behind-the-scenes secrets and stuff like that throughout the entire Halo series. Um, Halo Legends, unfortunately, if there was any depth to be gleamed from Halo, whether you think that it is an incredibly in-depth space opera or if you think it's just a, you know, quite a consumable product more so, Halo Legends doesn't do uh, the former any favours. It's uh, and we'll we'll go through each episode uh, as much as we can, but they're quite short. They're normally about thirteen minutes long each, with six minutes of credits, and um, most of the time they have no real depth, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there, there, there's some merits to some of it, and we'll go through those. Um, but first of all. Let us read from the box. I haven't done this for a while, and I missed it on the Sonic episode, so I'm going to have to do it. Are you all right, Jamie? Yeah, I was going to try and choir sing again while you did it. I'm not oh, okay. good enough. <laughs> I can add that in post. Yeah, add it in post. Okay. This sweeping science fiction saga delves into the rich Halo universe with seven exciting stories told in eight parts. Focused on Master Chief's mysterious origins, the Spartans' advanced combat capabilities, and the tense rivalry between Spartans and Orbital Drop Shock Troopers ODSTs. That's a difficult fucking name. Orbital Drop Shock Troopers? Yes. See how easy that was to say? Yeah, but you're not trying to affect a shit accent. (laughs) Orbital Drop Shock Troopers. Orbital Drop... 
Orbital Drop Shock Troopers. VR Troopers. <laughs> Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Casper Van Dien. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Uh, created, that's a film. That's a really good Halo film, Casper the Friendly Ghost. Created in collaboration with some of the world's leading animators from Japan, Halo Legends draws you into the center of humankind's ongoing battles with the Covenant, dynamically depicted in cutting-edge animation styles that deliver breathtaking visuals and gripping adventure. Go beyond the game and join the roll call of Halo Legends. So let's talk about these Japanese studios quickly. No, no racism, Jamie. No, 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 I'm not being racist. Because <laughs> um, they're, they're completely free to use Japanese animation. No, I was only joking. I was just pretending to make um, sound like you're a monster and you're not. Well. <laughs> um, not as much as that, anyway. It's, it's interesting that they chose to go with a Japanese aesthetic because Halo, to my mind, bear in mind I'm not a huge mm. video game historian... Halo was one of the first video, first big franchises that I remember that was from an American studio. It wasn't from a Japanese background. I'd say from like, consoles. A, a PC games, I, I would separate from that because we'd already had things like Half Life and stuff from Valve, uh, and Doom was American. Um, so I, on PC, American big franchises, I think, were probably the the more the the bigger franchises. But right. certainly with consoles. Because um, Xbox is the first American console, isn't it? They're all Japanese before that, aren't they? Arguably, like the, the, you're talking about the other main three, aren't you? Like Nintendo, yeah, Nintendo Sega, Sega, and Sega. Sony. Um, Sega is kind of an odd duck in this. Yes, uh, I would say yes, yes, and yes. But people in Japan always felt that Sega were Amer- too American because it was founded in America and then moved to Japan within like three years. Oh, okay. But because of how nationalistic, not in that sort of sense, but how sort of how much national pride is wrapped up in Japan and their work culture, despite the fact that Sega has been Japanese forever, <laughs> the fact that it wasn't founded there means that a lot of Japanese people are like, well, that's the American company then. Interesting, um, and we've seen that continue on with Xbox because again, J- Xbox doesn't sell very well in Japan. Though, at least to be fair, um, um, Xbox games are much more Western oriented than Sega's games were. There are an awful lot of Eastern oriented Sega games mm. by Sega of Japan, for yeah. example. Um, but this is what I mean: is Halo yeah. is a very Western oriented game, yeah, very action heavy. Yeah. So it's interesting mm. that when doing an animated film, they chose to go with a Japanese art style. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's it's like seven different Japanese animation studios. They did they it didn't is, go anywhere abroad, perhaps controversially. The second episode of this. So not the two-parter. No, 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 no. The first one after the two-parter. The one with the samurai. Uh, is uh, yeah. is one of the worst animation styles I've ever seen in my life. I was going to get to that. Yeah, the number three, the duel. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but yeah, there is... Like the Animatrix, there is a disparity in different... Um, different episodes because each episode apart from the two part uh, Origins 1 and 2 um, are all animated by different animation houses they all got different styles and they do things very differently to each other um, the only like yeah and again and the Animatrix is the only thing I can think of that does the same um, including the Animatrix actually had an episode the first episode of that Animatrix was made by the uh, Final Fantasy animation house that made Final Fantasy Advent Children Um and the uh, Final Fantasy movies, so it, there's so they managed to get like big animation houses, ones that even if you don't know Japanese animation houses, you might at least have heard 
from before. This looked like it was a much more smaller studios uh, with relatively smaller budgets as well. I'd say the animation looked like it was lower budget um, generally than the Animatrix. I would have to watch the Animatrix again to verify, but... I re- but why put yourself through that? <laughs> Because I've got it? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Why should I? Um, Again, the Animatrix wasn't particularly brilliant itself. There was a couple of interesting ideas, which I think, well, we'll get to whether or not Halo Legends has any. Um, (laughs) There's the only other thing that people might compare it with might be something like Mortal Kombat Legacy. But I would refuse to connect it only because Mortal Kombat Legacy A is live action, not animated. But even if that wasn't the case, Mortal Kombat Legacy had a uh, like a, a the same director writer sort of combination with Tankarian, um, which Halo Legends absolutely does not have. There is no overall art style or overall direction to the series. Um, so yeah, let, let shall we get started? We shall. We'll, so we'll start with origins one and two. Yeah. I merged them together when yeah. I sent you the file. Part because one and part two. Uh, so this one. So in a way, this is the most interesting one in a sense. All right. Not in the sense that it's actually. So this isn't interesting to watch per se. No. But this one has more relevance to the games than any of the others. From what well, I understand... It's a, it's a direct recap of what's come before. Yeah, this is literally the backstory of Halo, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just Cortana going, and this is what's happened so far. Yeah, which, to be fair, for me not knowing... For 26 the ha- minutes. Yeah, to be fair, me not knowing the Halo story... Mm. Um, I was interested in, so I didn't. I only knew brief snippets of the Halo story. Okay, and I think I've, I said to you before we started recording. I've always felt like Halo is a series that um, has a really good potential story. Like its backstory is really good, and yeah. it never capitalizes on that. No. So I was interested hearing that mm. it's not a good film uh, right. or a good episode or whatever. I found it, it was very least, boring. Yeah, it was at least relevant to the yeah yeah. I mean, to the game. I assume everything in it is now still canon because it's basically just recapping what we've seen in the games. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think the problem with it is it's literally just a voice, and there's like it's not random. Though obviously you have animated certain things to go mm. with what she's talking about, but it doesn't feel like you're in the middle of it. I tell you, what it reminded me of. Uh, last week when you were ill i did wesker's report yes that that reminded me of wesker's report Mm. it's very similar to because that is just wesker narrating what he was up to right during resident evil what were the visuals on wesker's report because uh, to be fair it was just clips from at least this was all original animation yeah yeah. Uh, wesker's report is literally just snippets from the games right um so the graphics jump all over the place because you're jumping across several errors of the game yeah um, you could argue it's more interesting because Wesker's report was giving us details that at that point people didn't know. So for Resident Evil fans, it had a little bit more to give, whereas yes. Halo fans would already know the stories of Origins 1 and 2. Yeah, I would say yeah. Origins 1 and 2, basically, like, n- we're not going to individually recommend each episode. No, 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 no. If I were to recommend Origins 1 and 2, basically, I would recommend that to someone who wants to start playing Halo now. But wants but a quick do- in. Yeah, doesn't want to go back and play all the old games. Yeah. I'd just be like, here, watch this 26-minute video, and you will be caught up on what the story of Halo is. What annoys me with the, t- the fact that it's 26 minutes long is that story- Halo storyline is not that interesting. It's I know that sounds really bad, but like most of the games are action. 
Like we can pretend that it's a big space opera with deep ideals all we like, but the gameplay is just travel from one location to the other and shoot the shit out of people and then yeah. go home. It's that. And that's fine. You can add a lot of depth within that very basic framework. But there's Halo storyline is not that cinematically involved. You know, there's no re- and it's because of a consequence of the Master Chief being what he is, which is a silent protagonist with no face. You can't do a lot of emotional storytelling with that guy. He does talk occasionally. He's not completely silent, is he? No, Master Chief. He's, yeah, Master Chief. Yeah, he's, he's, he's mostly silent. Stoic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I find funny is that his name is John, and he's a Spartan. And I'm like, this is Sparta. Well, actually, I was going to reference Demolition Man because Sylvester Stallone's character in that is literally called John, John Spartan. Spartan. Are you shitting me? John Spartan, you are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality statute. What the hell is that? Do you reckon that's intentional? Because I can easily imagine, I imagine someone. It is. At, I imagine someone at Bungie was a Demolition Man fan. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're gonna have Demolition. <laughs> so is the villain in Halo called Simon Phoenix? Trying to catch me? They were already dead! <laughs> Cold as Hagenauts! You know what? They should have gone with that. Yes. They should have had a phoenix somewhere. Someone says bleed! Uh, <laughs> but yes, I love, that. I love that film. And as soon as I saw John Spartan... What? 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 <laughs> what? What's happening? Wouldn't it be cool if they did an episode... If, <laughs> in the final Halo... Or in the series that's coming out, in the last episode, Master Chief takes off his helmet and it's been Stallone the entire time. You know what? That'd be cool, because um, I imagine Dread fans would go, man, why didn't he do that throughout the whole of Judge Dread? Um, he, he could take it off and go, I am the law. I am the and then surprise twist, Judge Dread and Halo are the same thing. I mean, they, they could be in the same universe. There's nothing to say they're not. Probably is quite a lot to say they're not, but I haven't cared enough about AD 2000 or Halo. Um... No, so, I mean, Origins didn't do anything for me, personally. Um, to be fair, I knew the story because I've played all those games, but I thought there was probably a more interesting way of retelling it, even mm. if you are going to do so. Um, but again, we're talking about a low-budget series. It's very clearly a low-budget series, so the it two, just, felt, just felt low effort and low energy. The 2D episodes, they hide their low budget better than the 3D one does. Yes. Yes. Well, you say that. Actually, I think there's more than one 3D episode. Because uh, the next one we're going on to is the one you mentioned earlier, the duel, the one that with the, the art it's stuff. Garbage. I'm pretty certain that's all 3D. And what they've done is, because I've obviously been... <laughs> they've basically taken 3D models yeah. and rendered them out at like 12 frames a second. It's very clear that there's not as many animation frames as there should be on the animation in that whole thing. And then they've just added a post-production effect to the whole thing to try and like make it look like a painted watercolour. Yeah. But it just ends up it's smearing moving. everything and making everything there. You know, at first, at first, I was like, "Oh, this is interesting. Yeah, this is unique. I can go for this." Yep. If it lasted for like a minute. Yep. By the time we were at like minute eight, I had lost all interest in it. I couldn't get my brain to engage with it. No. Uh, it if ended I remember, up distanced by the art style. Yeah. If I remember what happened. Um, basically, it's about the his girlfriend dies, or yep. sexy female alien dies, and yeah, then him, has and other, him and <laughs> other male alien have a fight, yep. and both kill each other. Yes. Uh, so there's a, there, there just so happens to be another elite who is bigger than the Arbiter, and is dressed like a, an ancient Japanese samurai for some reason. So the Arbiter is a 
character from the game? Yes, so he was started in Halo 2. He was an elite that was apparently shamed in Halo 1, though. He wasn't intended for that. Uh, elites are a class of soldiers. They're that type of creature. With the That's split. the name of the species. Yes. Elite. So, yes. So the ones with you know, the four way title, not a species. No, no, that's the name of that species. They're the <sighs> elites. You've got the grunts, which are the. It, it, it's again. This is the whole thing. Halo's depth that people think is there, but the shit. name of the creatures is basically what they do. It's their military rank. Yeah. So yeah. So the grunts are the little tiny ones. Like, mm, yeah. I've, I hate those in the series. Yeah. As they're well. clearly the most useless ground troopers. Why would you ever hire them or use them? Yeah. Why are we meant to be scared of the Covenant? Is the it Covenant? Yeah, the Covenant um, is the group. That's a fair enough name they, for what they are. Yeah, but how the fuck but, have they conquered half the universe if their main army is made up of those little things? Are, yeah, like it's, but they're, they're just nothing. They're nothing creatures. Yeah. That's racist, isn't it? Calling they're them fictional. nothing creatures? Okay, it can be racist if they're, if they're not real. Um, but, I mean, they're clearly designed to be useless. Yeah. Um, I remember in Halo 2... Because don't they a- just... Because I've only played Halo 3 and a Halo ODST. Sure. But don't they mostly just run around and don't actually attack you? They attack you, and then if you get too close, they run away and go, Oh my god, oh! Yeah. And then they run away. And they, it's funny when you throw a sticky grenade and it sticks on them and they run away screaming back to their friends trying to get help, and then they blow up all them, their friends. Um, it's a bit sadistic, really, isn't it? There's... <laughs> but the thing is, is these are clearly innocents. Mm-hmm. That have been forced into a situation they don't want to be in, and you're just sitting there and it's like, "Now remember, Master Chief, kill every one of them." You're like, mm, "I'm the hero, punching all these tiny, small people that are scared of me." I'm yeah, the hero. Eight foot tall, everyone. John Spartan. Yeah, superhuman John Spartan beats up tiny, short people who are scared of him and don't want to be there. What a fucking hero! You know, these are the parts of the the Halo series that are never like mentioned in terms of its story, never questioned in any of its law. You know, it's just Master well, Chief. Is have you seen the IT crowd? Yes. You know, their final ever episode. Yeah. Master Chief is a small person racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's absolutely that. And it's it's the case of, if it was called out in storyline and it was like, oh shit, well, you know, it's what must be done for war, fine. But it's never done. It's just like, you know, well, of course you've got to beat up the little people. It's just an accepted point of fact. Mm. Just do it. Um, something else I want to raise about episode three, The Jewel. So I mentioned the uh, Japanese... Art, well, the art style, as it were. I'm pretty certain it's rendered 3D models. If you watch it again, you'll see what I mean. I'm pretty certain they're rendered 3D models that have been melded, and they're at 12 frames per second at least, maybe less. Some of the animation, because I, I could notice this, like if you look through the blur, you can tell they're not animating at a full frame rate. Mm. And I don't know what frame rate they're at, but it's definitely not 24 frames. Um, the Arbiter's fighting elites told by a council. Oh, and it's told off by the council. And there's a bit of anime overacting. Now, I didn't realise at the time that these... Because I've only just read the back of the box, because I tend not to read the backs of my boxes in real life, um, that they're all Japanese studios, because I actually put here anime overacting. And that happens a lot throughout this series, and that's probably why. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're all Japanese anime studios. I expected there to at least be a few that were uh, American. But the, he ends up showing... The journey is alive! <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're like, that's, that's a bad line. Um, badly delivered. Uh, but yeah, so he, he, he has this fight with the samurai, and I want to call out this fight with the samurai. And the reason I want to call it out is because it's a complete 100% copy from another film that was made a year or two prior called Zatoichi. Now, Zatoichi is a uh, famous Japanese TV series uh, and series of films about a blind samurai. 
and it's been played by various different people throughout the ages but this particular film 2008-2009 had a very different feel and look so Toichi has always been because he's a Japanese guy black haired uh, always usually has his eyes closed it's referenced in a lot of Japanese comedy even if you don't get the reference mm. uh, of this blind samurai and sometimes they'll have it like you've got to keep your eyes closed there was a film called Getting Any uh, where an actor has to play a, portray a blind samurai and it's clearly a take on Satoichi and essentially he goes into towns and people are like oh my god the local Yakuza have taken my son because I couldn't pay them the money so don't worry I will save the child. And he walks into the street and it's like, oh, we can take down this dick because he's blind. And they go, and it's, obviously they don't speak like this in the show. Uh, <laughs> he's a dick, yeah, fuck you, he's a tight chair. Uh, but this... <laughs> You're right, fam. Stop fam. Uh, but... <laughs> I'll murk you, mate. I'll murk you. What's up, he's a tight chair. You think you're cool? Uh, but yeah, I can do Chav. But yeah, so he ends up fighting these people, defeating them, and then it's like, they go, oh, thank you. Please stay with us. We could, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see you right because of what he's like, no, I must go and continue on my journey. And then he walks off away from the town forever. It's a very common recurring story. Mm. There's multiple variations of it around the world. Zorro is a very similar takeoff, but in, uh, from the sort of more Southern America and Mexico states. Um, there's there's various, very, various variations of that theme across history. The one that is different is the one that's by Beat Takeshi Katano. Most people, if they know his face, will know his face as the teacher in the first Battle Royale. Uh, he's also uh, the camp leader who uh, tortures people in Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, uh, with uh, David Bowie. Uh, he tortures David Bowie and then lets him go. And Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. He's also in um, Johnny Mnemonic, opposite Keanu Reeves. Uh, he's in an awful lot of American films, but he's also he's a comedian in, in Japan, but he's also a filmmaker. In fact, Getting Any, one of the other films I mentioned earlier, is also one of his. In 2008-2009, the woman who owned the rights to Satoichi, she was very old. She, was, she probably not, she wasn't going to last much longer, but she wanted to see one more Satoichi film made before she went. And she asked Beat Takeshi Kitano to do it. Now, Beat Takeshi Kitano, despite being a comedian and despite making Getting an E, which is a comedy film, almost all of his films are serious gangster movies. Mm. Uh, yeah, like I've got several there. There's one on the shelf there called Brother, where he goes to America and has a war with the, uh, the mafia and loses. Uh, <laughs> he starts his own Yakuza group within mafia territory and it goes from there. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of really cool films by Takeshi Kitano, I've got another one there. Um, Kikajiro, I think I've mentioned before, yeah. uh, which is a traveling story. There's Hanabi, which is really depressing. Uh, Violent Cop, one of his earliest ones. And so he got asked to do Zatoichi, and he was like, I'll do it on the condition I can do it my own way. So he bleached his hair blonde, because <laughs> Zatoichi has always had black hair, as does Takeshi Kitano, as do a lot of uh, Japanese people native japanese people because the blonde gene isn't common in japan but he cut his hair short bleached it bright blonde right um and then he made it his own way it's really stylish actually i'd like to show you satoichi that would be quite cool and i'd recommend it to anyone actually who's after uh, a somewhat more stylistic take on medieval japanese culture um it's got dance sequences in there uh, that are done with um you might oh what's it called when they do that the japanese have like that stage that type of stage performance um where it rocks back and forth yeah yeah but they also have uh shoes on that have like wooden shoes that they use like tap shoes 
but like, re- like almost like a cross between stomp and tap dancing. Um, and there's a hot, the end sequence of that is a brilliantly choreographed musical piece um, around sort of this this kind of modern take on old traditional art forms. And one of the things he does to bring it back to Halo's <laughs> the duel episode, um, there's a bit where just before the fight, there's like these long pauses where uh, both the Arbiter and the Samurai uh, Elite are staring at each other. Do you remember how long it took before they actually started attacking each other? That's because that happens in Zatoichi. Uh, But the reason it happens in Zatoichi is because you can see their faces animate properly. There's an obvious pause because there's two Master Samurai who have to kill each other. And like they do in The Duel, when they attack each other, it's one move. So Zatoichi pulls his blade and push and steps forward as the other guy steps forward to slice. Now the other guy hits him on the arm, cuts his arm, but doesn't cut it off, just cuts into it and then falls down. But as he gets cut by Zatoichi's sword, you get that over animated blood spurt out of the chest. And I'm like, all right, they took that from Zatoichi then. Um, and again, with Satoichi, they did it on live action. Mm. So it, I just, I've seen this before, only about a year before. They've just copied it. It, it. But in the terms of the duel, they end up killing each other. Yes. Um, and that's the sad ending. I think the reason they made that was because there hasn't been an ending for um, the Arbiter. He was, so is he not in the games anymore? No. He was in Halo 2. At least I don't believe so. Again, I haven't played 5 and I haven't played um, the new one, Infinite. But... I'm pretty certain he's considered dead. He was in Halo 2 as a main character. He was meant to be like, you played half the levels as Master Chief and half the levels as the Arbiter, um, working against each other, and then eventually they have to come together to try and fight the Flood. Um, But he appears in Halo 2, but he's incredibly nerfed because they realised they didn't really have anything to do with him, and technically the Covenant had won and taken over Earth. Okay. So having... like They could have done an interesting storyline of Master Chief fighting the Arbiter based on the takeover but they didn't they focused on the flood again and the problem with the flood is it's law of diminishing returns it was epic when they first appeared in the first game but then it was just like oh it's them again and i'm winning again and then it's them again and i won again and then it's them again and i stop bringing in the flood yeah, create was... something new the flood worked because they were new they're yeah, not new they were, anymore <laughs> they were a twist in the first game weren't yeah they? and they didn't expect it because the whole first game was completely marketed on uv the covenant the flood weren't mentioned at all. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're in this level and what the fuck is that? <laughs> Holy shit. Um, so yeah, uh, the duel I didn't like. I don't know what your views were on the duel. Yeah. No. Um, I bored. I didn't think it was particularly well animated. I didn't think the story was particularly strong. It was, yeah, just not not anything I'd write home about. And when they stole bits from Satoichi, I'm just like, you know what? If I want to watch Satoichi, I'll watch Satoichi. I've got it on Blu-ray. I'll watch it anytime. Um, so we move on to episode four, Homecoming. Um, now this is a story of a female Spartan called Daisy. Mm-hmm. Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer true. I go half crazy, all for the love of you. Is that a film? It won't be a stylish marriage. I can't afford a carriage. <laughs> what the f- Have you not seen 2001 A Space Odyssey? No. Oh, my God. So that is actually a, a, a known song outside of films. 
Um, but the, the, kind of in modern parlance, it would be probably more famous for being uh, at the end of 2001 Space Odyssey, when the main character is saving themselves by pulling all the memory circuits out of Hal, the evil computer, to kill it. Hal goes, like, is, as it's losing its mind, it's just like, how about I sing you a song? And then it starts singing that, Daisy. It's really creepy. Yeah, it sounds it's, Yeah, it's creepy as hell, but it's really cool. Daisy. Daisy goes into flashbacks of trying to exit the Spartan program with, I think it's mentioned as like 12 others, uh, trying to leave the Spartan program. And this storyline jumps between two different periods of time. The flashbacks, which are her and this group escaping from the Spartan program, and then back to the current time where she's a Spartan in a red Spartan outfit, fighting alongside what seems to be like a bunch of other UNSC soldiers. Um, the the problem is, is it's it's kind of okay. This episode I found kind of okay, but I wish... It, the problem is, is there's a couple of parts of the narrative that they didn't close up, I didn't feel. Uh, number one, she exited the Spartan program to get away from it, but she's already a Spartan. We know she's already a Spartan in the present. And I don't. Maybe I need to watch it again to double check, but I'm pretty certain they don't reference why she would have jumped back in. No, I don't think they. I don't think they did. Um, So I don't like. So it's it's fine as sort of a tragic backstory, but there's now a logic fail where we don't know why she went back. Um, But yeah, so they find something, uh, some structure on this planet called Planet Sargasso. and that seems to be completely destroyed. It's like an island over um, over what looks like a walkway, and it reminds her of a structure on an Earth-like world, which goes back to flashback. Um, essentially, in the fl- I'm going to just do the flashbacks in one go because it gets annoying back and forth thing. Um, she goes to find someone uh, once she leaves the program that's meant to be connected to her. And she finds another version of herself that's disabled and tending these plants on this island. Uh, And she points the gun at this other version of herself. And eventually, by the end, it jumps to an explanation of them capturing, recapturing her um, and apparently killing the other one. Either she kills the, the, the disabled girl or the disabled girl is killed by the government. But they, there's an explanation given in dialogue of how they sort of poo-pooed away the Spartans' disappearance from the training program, uh, and they covered it all up. So, and then it, basically to sort of cover their backs on that. But then from there, it just jumps back into the fracas. So, in the present day, she's riding in this warthog with all this team, going towards this little island place they need to go to for whatever, whatever MacGuffin reason. Um, she gets shot with a needler by an elite and loses her teddy bear lanyard that's shown multiple times throughout the episode. Um, 
And then the ship, she basically stays behind so her shipmates can get, uh, the other soldiers can get into mm. a drop ship to escape. And uh, then the uh, drop ship explodes. And so all of her team have died anyway. Um, she then dies. And then it drops to a bit further in the future when another Spartan comes along, sees her dead body with her eyes still open, and he closes her eyes and gives her the uh, teddy bear lanyard back, so she's resting with it. And there's, I think, the suggestion that there's a character called Ralph in the flashbacks, and I think it's meant to be him. Right. Um, I mean, overall, it's not a bad episode in terms of at least it's trying to say something. I don't uh, remember that one. No? No, I thought 4 was the one with the dinosaur. No, it's number five. Right. Yeah, I do not remember that one. Oh, okay. None of what you've just said rang a bell with me. Okay, fair enough. I mean, overall, I think the the jumping back and forth didn't help with the way that the episode was paced. But I will say, out like compared to Origins 1 and 2, which was just a retelling of and retreading old ground, and compared to The Jewel, which just wasn't particularly interesting, Homecoming tried to have a point. I just think... I just don't think they put enough behind the story to really sell the emotional angle of it because there were some logic holes I think yeah the fact I can't remember it at all means no, it can't have led either, to either you impact. missed it out by accident or it just isn't that memorable mm. um, you don't even remember the little teddy bear on the lanyard no oh okay fair enough uh, so now we come to the one you mentioned episode 5 odd one out it's very clearly the odd one out by its name uh, it's the only episode that's designed purely as comedy um, they went out of their way to showcase that it's it's non-canon, it's not part of the Halo series in any yeah. way. It's just a, a fun lol aside. You say they don't have dinosaurs in Halo, I don't think. Well, they do now. Uh, <laughs> this is the first one that I recall seeing and uh, really feeling like it was a traditional anime art style. Yes. Um, well, it was I at least two... Uh, well, no, Homecoming was 2D, but you missed that one. So. I remember fe- this one had a feel of Saturday morning animes I used to watch, like Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that. Yeah, this this one definitely... Uh, see, I thought this... When I saw this, I thought it was American-made, but with, like, lol tropes from Japan. But clearly mm-hmm. it's also Japanese-made because it only states on the box that they're Japanese studios. So I find that a bit odd because it, it, it does... This one feels very much like an edgelord... Halo fan from like 2007 got a chance to write an episode. Right. And I was like, imagine Master Chief Punch Dinosaur. <laughs> and uh, in in equal measure, this is the best and worst yeah. of the series because it's the best in terms of it's the most memorable by a long margin. I remember this episode way more than any of the others. It's also the worst because it's terrible. Um, but at the very least, it's well animated enough for what it is, yeah. and it's memorable. You won't forget it soon. It's <laughs> anyone mentioned Taylor Legends? This is the one that pops to me head. Um, so yeah, uh, this doesn't focus around Master Chief though. He's in it briefly. Um, focus on another Spartan called Spartan thirteen thirty seven. But let's be honest, they all look exactly the same. Yes. Well, they haven't even recolored him. It was very clear that this was a comedy thing that was written by someone. And Spartan, that the Spartan one three three seven was meant to be Master Chief, but in a comedy guise, and yeah. they just renamed it, repackaged that for making this. Um, but yeah, Spartan thirteen thirty seven, which is one three three seven, which is Leet. Uh, do you get it, guys? Leet, Leet. Come on, Jamie, you're not that young. Leet. L double E T. Yes. Leet. Well, no, one three three seven. Yeah. Leet. I'm Leet. Lit. No, Leet. 
What are you talking okay. about? Okay, all right. So it looks like I have to educate Jamie, and I'll educate the rest of you as well because I'm old. Um, leet was a term used like noob in the early days of 2000s internet. Right. Uh, noob was obviously for someone who is a complete ignoramus and doesn't know what they're doing. You've probably heard of noob. Please yeah, no noob. Yeah. Would so leet was the opposite. Noobs? Right, okay. Noob was a noob, and then Leet was the opposite, where you're, like, proper pro, you're the best. Right. But, you know, so, I'm Leet. I'm so doing what I'm doing. We used to call That's that... what I mean, it's super 2000s oh, edgelord. Yeah, no, we, we never said that. Ponage? Pony, yeah, I know Ponage. Yeah, Ponage, Ponage. Ponage, 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 I know Pro. I'm Pro, mate, I'm Pro. Oh, that was later, no, Leet was before Pro. No, fuck, what's Peng? Like the Peng treasure in um, Dead Space. The what? They used to say Peng. Oh, it's Peng, mate, it's Peng. Maybe How is there so much of a generational difference? We're only like well, no, four no. years apart. No, no, no. So Peng, uh, Peng, I got from my little brother, who's four years sure younger he was than me. Pengu. No, him and his friends all used to say Peng, um, which is they're four years younger than me, so that's eight years younger than you. But we no, when we wanted to say something was proper good, like if we were on a game and mm. you were trying, uh, it would either be pro and pro mate and pro, yeah, uh, or mint. But I think that was more of a Mansfield thing. Oh. Mint, mate. I'm mint. No, I can't say mint because I'm allergic. There's, uh, mm. <laughs> which is true. Uh, but no, the leap was early 2000s. I saw something. I thought of you the other day. What was Halo it? Halo 2, in fact. Quite, had what was it I thought of you for? I saw, oh, that was it. I was buying, this is a sidetrack, but who cares? I was at the store buying spices the other day. You know, like spices you cook with? Right. Like yeah. cayenne pepper, shit like that. Yep. So I was getting loads because my supplies were running low and I actually quite like cooking. So I'm getting like cayenne pepper, oregano, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Salt. Um, salt, onion salt. Mm. Um, and then they had, they had mint, like ground mint. Why? In a spice. And I was so, I was like. It's not hmm. even a spice. I was like, it's a herb. Well, I was buying herbs and spices. I'll get rid of Because um, I also bought basil or basil Basil's. and parsley. Um but I did think to myself, oh, look, mint, Rory. Why? He'd die if he breathed that in. I would die. If I inhaled that, it would be worse for my lungs well, than whatever I've got now that just, I needed an x-ray ju- Just know that I always have that on me at any time to do a wrestling style when they used to get sand in their hand and go in people's faces All right. to blind them. All so right. just so you're always nice, on edge around nice, me. Nice to know. Nice to know you want to poison me. No, no. I mean, okay. Just, just if you ever betray me. Let, we, we mentioned prior about Russian invasions and poisoning people with radioactive <laughs> isotopes. Look, we don't need Russians. You're quite happy to poison me with bloody mint. Yeah. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> Only if you betray me. Okay. Well, just give me the passwords to everything in parlor. I promise nothing bad could ever happen. <laughs> mutually assured destruction. <laughs> Why? You're not allergic to it. <laughs> No, not mutually assured destruction, is it? <laughs> if only I get affected by it. Yeah. Mutually assured your destruction. That's, that's your fault for not finding out what you could use to destroy me. <laughs> I'll just use alcohol and pump it into your legs. True. 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 <laughs> oh, we're both terrible people. Anyway, he, Spartan 1337 gets left on a planet... Uh, and he's got a big dumb ego. Just, hey guys, you can't leave me behind. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then some cave children. Yeah, so three little cave children. Three turn cave up. children. 
um, get up and they're like, Mister, you shouldn't stand there. And he's like, No, I'm going to you ruining my epic shot. Uh, they're just like, No, really, you shouldn't stand there. And then a big T Rex attacks him, chews him, and throws him, and stands by the children because it's like a pet or a fan. Or yeah, he's friendly with them. He just doesn't like strangers. Yeah, they say he doesn't really like strangers. Uh, so the Covenant see him and send an experimental brute. Towards yes. them, which is the big monkey looking. There's the scene. Guys. There's the scene where I don't know what the is it the prophet the, the leader prophet. Of the yeah, I think it's a prophet. Well, he's like go and attack them, and it starts yeah. going towards him. He's like, no, not me, you fool! Yeah. Don't try and give me a cut. I wish I go. And it's like oh, this sucks. Yeah, it's not funny. Sucks. Go destroy them. <laughs> no, not over here. He's over that way. He's over there. Don't hurt me. Go that way. <laughs> I need a vacation. And then the the brute runs out the door with his arms in the air going, yeah! And you're like, this, this is, this, this, this fucking thing, right? This episode, this is the start. This is like one of the early signs that comedy was dying in the late 2000s, early 2010s, early 2010s more so, because this whole episode is shouting equals funny. The whole episode is he shouted, ha, 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 ha. No, no. He's got to say something funny. It's got to be a witty comeback. It's got to have something in it, or you've got to animate it well enough. You've got to do something to make it funny. There needs to be some actual comedy. You can't just raise the pitch of your volume of your voice and equals fun. That's not how it works. But for some reason, we live in a dumb generation of like screenwriters, and they all do this. And I, I, this is one of the first um, first things I've ever seen, well, like earliest in terms of date, that follows the big, he shouted, <laughs> off. Write something properly. You know, like, and it happens all the time now. Like, Star Trek Lower Decks is just that. There is no actual wit or humour or comedy in it. Just it's just people yelling. screaming, and that equals, oh, this must be funny. He's screaming. No, write something properly. Do something properly. Don't waste your life uh <laughs> not that i'm anti it <laughs> yeah that's easy for us to say we're just two fat guys with a radio show well, I, i'm sorry but like if we can't get to that level why should someone who can't write comedy get to that level of writing comedy to be fair comedy's dead no one comedy jokes these yeah, days yeah so the spartan and the brute fight the brute obviously arrives at the planet and they start having a fight and for some reason it starts raining but only for a brief period where the cave children are hiding under a rock from the rain. And then, for so, so you've got, this is something else that doesn't work. So you've got the Spartan coming down to the planet, met by a cave children and a dinosaur, a T-Rex. And then when the kids are hiding under the rock, two, like a man and a woman appear, dressed in standard modern day clothing. What planet are they on? I know, and then like they go, big sis, big bro, uh, big, bro big sis. No, so these aren't the parents, even. These are two other siblings? Yeah. But they're neither cave people nor anywhere near the same age. Um, yeah, and then they have, like, a brief conversation which does nothing. It adds nothing. It means nothing. And it's just to introduce this man and woman character who look like somewhat rip-offs of Streets of Rage Axel, well, certainly the guy looks like a rip-off of Axel from mm-hmm. Streets of Rage, um, who decide that they might as well join in the fight and help 
Spartan Leet, Spartan thirteen thirty seven against the Brute. Uh, Leet. Yeah, there's a few lines here that I want to divvy up. They hit this one uh, as a potential for worse lines. The fact that I never give up is one of my good points. It's a bad line. Damn uh, straight. Yep, and it's meant to be funny. Uh, there's also, so when Axel and whoever the woman is, whoever these two people are, bro, big bro and big sis, decide to join in the fight, they're walking towards the brute, because for some reason now they've got epic amounts of time to just walk there and have a conversation on the way, uh, even though the brute is still only where he was before. Um, they mention something about Mama, and you don't find out what mum, who Mama is until uh, at the end of the episode, but they talk about how Mama provides and how strong Mama is. And he goes, we may not look it, but we're pretty tough. Though we're no match for Mama. Mama, huh? When we were still little, she fought off a bunch of bird-headed pirates by herself. That sounds like one heck of a Mama. But you know what? I'm one heck of a Mama myself. Mama just killed a man. I'm at the wrong point. Put a gun against his... I don't know if that's the words... But yeah, no, I remember that line. It's a terrible Quinn. line. Le Quinn. Yes. Le Quinn. Uh, Le Quinn. That's what you were singing. Oh, Le Quinn, yeah. Le Quinn. Uh, but yeah, that sounds like one heck of a mama, but you know what? I'm one heck of a mama myself. Now, here's the thing. I know this is meant to be a comedy, but if that's the closest you've got to wit, my God, don't write a comedy. <laughs> yeah, Halo isn't inherently funny. No, um, but this this is clearly designed for all of the edge boys. Uh, who play Halo and go, yeah, my, yeah, in all the chat rooms. I'm like, don't base a comedy around people who scream the N-word on chat rooms at little children, please. We don't need that style of comedy being brought to the fore. And, and to be fair, they haven't written anything quite that strong, but it's clear that that's the audience they're going for. It's like, why are you aiming for those twazics? Big Brian, Big Sis, and Spartan 1337 all fight the brute together. Now, here's something that doesn't add up. The woman... Bear in mind that, as far as we're concerned, Big Brown and Big Sis are just people mm. dressed in modern-day, current-day clothing for some reason with cave children, little bros and little yeah. sissies, um, who decide that they're going to fight an experimental new brute with a Spartan. But this woman manages to pick up an entire tree trunk herself and spin it around several times to smack into the brute. I don't remember this. Mm. I watched it just this morning. That I, I feel like I... Confession time. You've, I mean, you do this a lot, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of the ones you turned off. <laughs> uh, I got really bored and started working on Impala stuff for Haunted. How dare you? Um, How I, dare I, you do something that's productive? I had this as a small window on my desktop, and I had a much larger window open mm. with well, porn. I what? <laughs> what are you doing for Haunted that required you to have porn open? <laughs> oh, Haunted was just a cover. <laughs> Technically, I blew my load to Master Chief. <laughs> no. No, to Spartan 1337. <laughs> oh, when he said, I'm one hell of a mama too, that really did it for oh. me. It's like a oh. fire hose. Yeah. <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> what are you doing with that cream, sir? Uh, that's a call back to our first episode for anyone. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> when I was putting the face cream yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Face cream, we'll call it that. Uh so technically it's any cream you put on your face is technically face cream it's true that is absolutely true including ice cream i was thinking cream from like a chocolate eclair just oh. scoop that bad boy out and lather it on your face or from a cream oh. egg 
or from balls. <laughs> <laughs> well done. We've managed to generate all this way down. Um, next, so, next floor basement. <laughs> so at the very end of the episode, uh, one of the ships that has been grounded on this planet for seemingly generations um, opens up a, spa- a, a slip space rupture in the sky and the brute gets sucked into it and disappears and everyone else is fine. Uh, and someone says that was, and the man says, "Wow, that was Mama." So uh, apparently, Mama did that, but we never see Mama. So Mama is the ship. Well, so we then find out at the end that Mama is another AI, and this is this is where which is from Alien. Yes, but Mama, Mama as an AI is told to us by Cortana as another mm. AI when they come back to pick up uh, Spartan thirteen thirty seven. Um, Cortana on the ship is like, "I sense another AI," and then it's all just exposition dump. So, oh, she can't, she crashed here on that other ship. And she, I feel something. I feel happiness. She wants to stay. I'm like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I wanted to kill myself like the samurai guy died in the fucking in the duel. Yeah, I just wanted all my blood to piss out my chest. <laughs> just die. This was terrible. And then 1337 is heading towards the rendezvous point. He's like, nothing, uh, Spartan 1337, ret- uh, go to the rendezvous point, we'll pick you. He's like, no problem. And as he starts going there, he gets uh, grabbed and flown away by a pterodactyl. And he say- the last words he has are... Um, Head to the rendezvous point immediately. Rendezvous ASAP. Over. Huh? Roger that, sir, but I may run a little late! Because he's obviously been kidnapped by a pterodactyl. <sighs> well, that was great, wasn't it, children? There's... <laughs> uh, to be fair, six episode six and seven. I watched some of six. I haven't rewatched seven recently, but I think I remember the story because it was one of the more emotional ones. So it's a bit sad that I didn't see it. Um, but prototype is one of is it's just emo crap, really. In that's Halo the big form. human one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So prototype, it's called. Fem- there's a few female UNSC soldier dying. And she pleads with a male soldier in, uh, who's looming over her, not like that, to be strong. Like, you should always be strong. And it's just all about him. She's fridged. And we, get, we don't know her name. We don't know anything about her. Her whole point of dying is just to give him reason to be strong. But he's proper emo and just on his own. No one ever likes me. I don't understand. So three years later, he's on Planet Angolus, at UNSC Weapons Factory. And the UNSC are fighting a covenant invasion uh, at the weapons factory everyone's told to leave but apart from one demolition squad who are basically told to stay behind and can't leave until uh, some uh, this particular um this particular spartan called sarge has destroyed a prototype they've got some weaponry prototype they don't want the governor to get a hold of i'm not sure if sarge is a reference to sarge from halo odst or Reach, I can't remember uh, if you know, or Reach. I think it was. Yeah, um, but I, anyway, he appears afterwards, and he hasn't destroyed the prototype. Instead, he's wearing it. It's a Spartan-like mech. Um, and so he's in the mech suit, shooting stuff, and he's just having this emo dialogue in his head. Yeah, essentially, this is meant to be an emotional thing where a man has lost someone close to him, and he's sort of shut down, but he's still doing the right thing. Um... But, you know, because life is pain. But everyone hates him because they just don't understand him. 
you know, they all hate him. It's like, oh, it's that guy. Oh, everyone always dies. He always does this. He's rubbish. Blah, blah, blah. And they all hate him because he doesn't talk and he's not very personable. But really, it's yeah. just... It's got so much the thing is, there's, there's not nearly enough build-up to make this emotional impact. No, it literally opens up with fridged girl, be sad now. Short films are not the format for this sort of thing. No. It's a limitation of the form. I mean, you could still tell something emotional in that time frame. It's just, it's not that well written. And let's be honest, having an emo in it ruins everything. Emos suck. We'll carry on. Exactly. And that's the problem, is that they carry on. (laughs) What's the worst thing I can say? Things are better if I stay so long and good night. So long and good night. Who's that? But if you can, sorry, <laughs> uh, my chemical romance, Helena, the worst. They're they're a pretty good band, man. I'd rather listen to flipping Vanilla Ice. Ugh. Yeah, really? exactly. Really? Yes. Doubt it. I'd rather listen. The man to has Nick- one I- song. Yes, and it's one song more than they've ice, got. Ice, they've got like five albums worth of songs. So does Vanilla Ice, but it doesn't mean that you remember any of them. <laughs> and they topped the charts. That's not my point. So did Vanilla Ice. Did he top? Did yes, he, he did. To top? He topped the charts. Yeah, my chemical romance are an all right band. They're not there's the best. plenty of one-hit wonders. But... They're not the best, but they're pretty good. I like them. Uh, I'd rather listen to Nickelback. And that's actually genuine. That's, I like <laughs> I like Nickelback as well. Yes. Nickelback don't deserve the whole full reputation they've got. If only a hero could save us. Don't get wrong, they're not great either. They are perfectly passable rock music. Yes. Their biggest problem is they got overplayed. Yeah. Anyway, so I didn't watch episode seven again, but I believe it's the one where there's a... We watched it this morning. No, not episode seven. We watched episode eight. Oh. Um, Yes, episode seven, I don't remember the name of either. There's, but I remember, because I've seen it before, I've watched this several times, uh, much to my detriment. There's, uh, but it's actually one of the better episodes from what I recall. Um, and it's one where there is a, uh, basically a, a female Spartan joins a UNSC oh, team. God, is this the one where the, it's meant to be a twist that she's a woman at the end? Something like that. Yeah. But there's basically a Spartan joins and they're all just like, the the, the normal soldiers are just like, oh, it's a Spartan, you know, they don't care about us. They, and basically they other her. It's the one, isn't it, where the and other the guy... And sacrifices herself, doesn't Yeah, she? it's where the guy's angry that he's the second sniper, not the primary sniper, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's meant to, like, oh, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but I'm going to for just a second. Until we stop doing things like, oh, surprise, the soldier was a woman all along. As a twist, we're never going to have equality in film. Because that's the Metroid reveal. This is the thing. Yeah. Like, thing is, Metroid, that was like, what, 1989? Uh, 86. 86. Do you know what I mean? It's now 2022. Mm. And you're still, well, no, when was this made? 2010. 2010. 2010 it's still 20 st- years later. Yeah, you're still trying to use that as a shock reveal. And it's like, no, like, we, we have plenty of female soldiers. We know that they have female Spartans in the Halo Actually, and, and ironically, like, for all of the... Not that I agree with any of them, but there's a lot of um, people out there that are very um, anti-women in certain roles because, you know, they're just not as good as blokes. It's just proven science. But all this shit. It's bullshit, but, you know, whatever. There's a lot of that said. However, the one thing that women are proven to be better at is sniping. Right. Um, genuinely proven. All the best uh, snipers, certainly the Russian snipers, they had a whole regiment of kick-ass female snipers mm. because women are just a bit more patient. 
And that, for sniping, is a fucking advantage. Yeah. You don't need balls and strength. You just need patience. So female snipers tend to be better than male snipers overall. Okay. Um, so actually, in that regard, like certainly making her a sniper and then going, oh, can you imagine a female sniper? It's like, well, yeah, they had them in World War Two. And they were better than the male ones. Mm. Like, that's not a shock. Yeah. It's like going, imagine if there was a, vo- a female volleyball player. Yeah. No shit, Sherlock. You know, it's... <laughs> and f- from memory, this one just didn't look that good either. It looked kind of grimy, kind of washed out. Yeah. A bit yeah. bland. As I say, I, haven't, I, I didn't watch, re-watch it, so I, I don't recall. Um, it, I remember it was 2D animated, at least. Mm. Um, so it, it looked a bit better than some of the other ones. Like, it looked way better than the jewel, but then everything else does. Um... To be fair, they at least tried an emotional hook. Whether or not it failed, I do at least appreciate the effort was put in to try and do that. Um, which just leaves us with episode eight as the last last stand and the last possible hurrah for Halo Legends. Um, Master Chief leads a group against a Covenant Armada. Now, we watched this one, as you say, before we uh, recorded the show. What were your views on it? I'll let you speak for a bit. What were your views on seeing this episode? I didn't care. It's very... uh, I mean, it's obviously cheap animation. I won't hold that against them. You know, they only had the budget that they had. Uh, It's a a competent action sequence, but it's... I don't care because it's, it's just an action sequence. That's what the whole short film is. I don't know these characters. I don't care about these characters. Do you know what I mean? I don't understand why i'm supposed to care when one of them dies or anything like that it's again short films don't work and and i don't think i don't think halo works for building emotional investment personally well with with homecoming in particular there was something very different about homecoming than the others outside the fact that it's just one big action sequence the others all i mean all of these are very different from each other we've got one odd one out which is just all balls to the wall comedy and no substance um, killer no filler all killer no filler <laughs> uh the duel which was meant to be emotional and failed but it, it was smudged with vaseline um all very different stuff there's homecoming tries an emotional story as did uh prototype i believe um and but you know it, it went emo instead and then episode seven whatever that was that tried an emotional hook as well homecoming doesn't bother trying in fact, the way it's written, there was there was <laughs> before we knew he was meant to be a main character. Basically, um, when Master Chief goes with a group against this Covenant Armada, they've all got names. It's like a guy called Arthur who dies on the way in and stuff like that. But there's two very particular ones. Um, Fred. 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 I got it. I know. Go on, Fred. I want Fred to win. Turned out Fred is a main character, and I didn't realise because. Who fucking knows about Fred? And this just feels like there's Fred and Kelly are the other two Spartans that survived the whole thing with Master Chief. And it really does feel like Fred and Kelly are the people who wrote the script. Self-insert fan fiction. Yeah, it, it just is. Because like Master Chief has no good lines. And he's, all of his lines in this are just caring about what happens to Fred or Kelly. And uh, are basically giving Fred... The ability to defend, like to hold the fort while they do another job, or or to care about Kelly if she seems to have gone down. Kelly, not Kelly. It's like, no, not Kelly. We can't lose Kelly from Halo. Like, oh, Fred, don't please, Fred, survive for Halo, Fred. And so these aren't 
Like, I know his name is John, but there's a reason they don't go around in the games going, Hey, look, John, can you help us out in this battle, yeah. mate? There's a, they call him the Master Chief. There's a grandiosity or there's a stature to him that's better than just fucking Fred. You see what I mean? What's his rank? Call him by his rank, lieutenant or whatever it is, or whatever. Mm. Give him a designation. You know, there was Sarge was called Ghost, Mm. but Sarge sounded like it was a fake name as well. But at least it's a rank, so he's probably the rank of Sarge, and his nickname is Ghost. But then he go, "Hey, Bob." God, I hate Bob. Bob's the worst <laughs> leader ever. Where's Benji? Benji, oh God, I can't stand Benji. This, you know, that Spartan's a really annoying Spartan is Benji. You know what I mean? It's like, give them a name. Like, that actually matches what they do. Um, yeah, they are absolute self-inserts. There's a point where they in, uh, get into a ship and uh, th- basically they need to get to the center, central core of an area. And Fred holds the line. He's like, dude, don't worry. I'll hold the line. There's a bit where uh, Master Chief is fighting someone. And then Fred gets in the way to take the kill. And he's like, oh, got this. Don't you worry. Go. I got this. All right. The great journey ends here. And it's like, oh, yeah. Go on, Fred. Go on, Fred. Like, wh- why doesn't Master Chief have any of these lines? Fred. Focus on the mission. And Fred's like, I will kill you, for I am Fred. You're like, what is Fred? Fred. Not Fred. And then Kelly, so he goes through this thing, he flies through this ship and then like to get to another area of the ship, and Kelly gets locked behind a door, and he's like, Chief! Go get her. Kelly! Why would Master Chief give a fuck about Kelly? Who the fuck is Kelly? Kelly? <laughs> Who the fuck is Kelly? It annoys me because it's like... they Because it, it, it's very clearly a fanfic insert. Yeah. There is nothing... Because they, they don't build these characters like everything else in this series. There isn't any time really given and probably not enough time to build anything, but there's certainly no effort made to do so. You just have to accept Fred and Kelly. And... And I'm wondering if they're named after Fred Astaire and uh, what's his name, Grace, Grace Kelly. Kelly? Maybe possible, um, but I actually think Fred and Kelly are just the couple that wrote it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Mushy finds Doctor Halsey, who I believe is a main character from the series. Uh, the name Halsey definitely rings a bell, um, but I can't recall it because again, I, while I've played quite a few of the Halo games, I'm not a massive fan. Um, he begins to fight with an elite who's called the Major. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Major is kind of in this weird mishmash position where he's apparently fought against Master Chief before his whole team died and he's the only survivor. So the captain of this current ship has brought him along to fight Master Chief, but disses him anyway because he's lost all of his... Thinks he's a coward. Yeah, because he's lost his honour for having dared to survive and not killed himself. Yeah. Um, for some reason, there's a huge thread of the elites being like samurai in this now i think there were a couple of elements of that in the games but it really wasn't as strong as this like i, I don't recall there ever being a point where it's like you should commit seppuku for not having survived for having survived mr erit it's like that didn't happen in the games why is this happening a lot in, in halo legends i'm guessing because it's written by fred and kelly there's <laughs> <laughs> so he begins to fight this elite um and but rather than like so he's got a gun he's got a machine gun he could riddle the major down and just continue but what happens instead is uh 
the major throws him a, a beam sword handle so that they can have a beam. So Master Chief throws his gun away and starts having this one-on-one fist fight slash sword fight with the major. And all the time, like, Dr. Halsey is probably just standing at the side. They forgot to animate her in. Yeah. So she's not anywhere in the room. The camera moves quite a bit. You'd think you'd see her. Um, but, they, again, they just basically forgot she exists until she's needed again to go, No, so Master wanted- Chief. Don't kill him. And then just before the Major can kill Master Chief, he gets teleported back to his own ship. And he's like, I had him. Commander, you fool. A thousand hells await you. And then they survive the mission and win. Somehow live happily ever after with Fred and Kelly. And that's Halo Legends. That was, it's just, it's, there should be more to it. it I mean, I, I really would like, because they, there is potential in the Halo universe. There is, like, they, none of these guys seem to try and find a unique story thread to go down. Some tried an emotional element. At least I'll give them praise for trying. Um, but the duel is just somewhat, again, these are all self-inserts, really. What if I, what if Arbiter but Samurai? Okay, well, we've got that. That's the duel. What if Spartan... Well, to be fair, the Spartan one, Homecoming, with Daisy, like, finding her other self, at least that's a bit of backstory on the Spartan program. I actually would have preferred it, rather than jumping back and forth, that we actually had a story about the Spartan program. Yeah. That would have been more interesting, just staying with the Spartan program and seeing how abusive the humans are to the experiments in that program. Because it's stated several times, but we never really see it in the games. That would have been more interesting than going cutting back to her in a battle as a Spartan. I wanted to, you know, give me a bit more on... Why she left, why they decided to rebel against the scientists. You know, what caused that? Show me that. You know, rather than just, again, you've told me again, oh, yeah, they were treated badly in the Spartan program. Yeah, I got told that before. What does it look like that you have an opportunity for that? Odd one out, I don't even regard because it's just a comedy. Um, and while it's the most memorable of all all eight of them, it's not for good reasons. <laughs> um Prototype, female soldier dying, pleading male soldier to be strong. Yeah, that's just too emo. Doesn't hit the doesn't hit the mark at all. Yeah. Um, number seven, nice idea, but the twist is out of date by a good thirty years now. Um, and Homecoming is just a self insert fan fiction. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. That's on me. No, no, no. Have you got any additional thoughts? No, no, you summed it up. You know, fair play to them. They had a low budget. They've tried hard. I respect them for that. Uh, But this is boring. It's just dull. The short format doesn't work for generating any interest. Yeah. I can't even imagine this would be that interesting to main Halo fans. Like I said, arguably you can get the backstory across to new players by letting them watch Origins. But other than that... Yeah, I just I I, I wasn't. Yeah, and to be fair, it's not entirely this project's fault. I have no interest in Halo anyway, mm. so this was not made for someone like me. But I I can't recommend it. 
No, I, I mean, it's interesting, yeah, you got you got the point, because sometimes I, I recommend, and certainly more so than you do, sometimes recommend something for fans of a series. I did that with uh, Sonic 96, I believe. I went, well, fans of Sonic should watch this, but I don't think it, most people would like it. Um, but I honestly, I don't think Halo Legends would really give much for people who are fans of the series, because most of it's non-canon anyway. Um, and what's left is just kind of average at best, usually not even that. Um well, what about worst lines? Worst lines. What well, we we had a couple of options. There's the journey is a lie from uh, the jewel. Uh, we've got the fact that I never give up is one of my good points. Or there's that sounds like one heck of a mama. But you know what? I'm one heck of a mama myself. Yeah, that's definitely on there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's got to be the mama line, isn't it? It's and yeah, and I know that was meant to be a joke. So they go, well, it's, it's a good line then because it meant to make you laugh. But it's because to be a worse line, it doesn't just have to be like it's a badly written line. So you know, and that's not meant to be funny. It can also be something that really is just disappointing. So we've done that before uh, in our Sonic episode. Uh, the one that we went is the Olive Garden quote because it's very clearly shilling a product rather than actually adding to the scene or adding to the movie itself it's it's just shilling a product and with this it's not doing either of those but it it's trying to be funny but it's failing miserably because the line is just not it's just not good enough in a in a better written episode you could forgive a line like that mm. but it wasn't a better written episode no no it wasn't um yeah that's my view on it have you got anything else you want to add? I have not. Okay. Uh, well, this is one of our shorter ones in season two. <laughs> Jamie, do you want to give any information about Haunted? Yeah, we are several weeks into our run of Haunted, the audio drama at this point. It's available on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Audible, and Acast. Uh, you can find it if you just go to any of those websites and search Haunted the Audio Drama or search Impala Films, it should come up. Alternatively, you can find us on Facebook at Impala Revolution, where we will be sharing all of the links anyway. You can also find me... You can find us on Twitter at The Impala Films. There are several Impala Films on Twitter. They're all me, because I'm terrible at remembering passwords. But the actual active one is The Impala Films, where we will be sharing every episode. We are roughly halfway through the first main story arc of the season. Um, of the first of uh, the first storyline of the season there's eight different storylines in this season um and it's going well so please do head on over give us a like share subscribe etc etc all those lovely things that you people do i can at least promise you that it's more entertaining than halo legends okay so just one last wrap up then is halo legends neither of us are recommending it and the uh the line we're going to give as the worst line is that sounds like one heck of a mama but you know what i'm one heck of a mama myself thank you very much for joining us please join us in our uh, on the patreon on our discord uh, join us at www.vgmovie.co.uk. Um, we're also on Facebook. You can find Video Game Movie Podcast on there. And obviously catch up with us uh, via our release schedules uh, on vgmovie.co.uk. And also just join in with us. We, we want more interaction. We want to talk to you guys. We want to hear more from you. Uh, we want a bit more back and forth. And if you can, it, uh, please do boost this around to your friends. Obviously just share it with friends, family, uh, anyone you think will probably enjoy it. 
um, because we'd love to see greater numbers and entertain more of you. Um, thank you very much for joining us. I've been Rory Justin from Cyberpunk Studios. Uh, we've also had Jamie Evans from Impala Films with us. Say goodbye, Jamie. Goodbye, guys. And we will catch you next time.